So today we're going to continue Law of One Session 79, was received February 24, 1982. Um, it's a somewhat long session, uh, actually 44 exchanges, we're in the middle, we left last time at 79.21, in the middle of a discussion of how these archetypes, the, the tarot cards being uh, visual representations of what I call nodal points in the deep mind processing in third density for the three complexes or cycles of my body spirit, how they changed after the veiling, meaning <clears throat> the uh, extension of the law of free will to the level of third density beings then with a veil or a curtain in mind or consciousness making the first two cards, matrix and potentiator, it's actually strengthening the curtain or the barrier, the membrane between the two, leading ultimately to the possibility of a negative path. And so the last major exchange was 7920, where Ra gave a very quick rundown of the matrix, potentiator, and significator cards or archetypes, concept complexes <clears throat> for mind, body, spirit, and um, the apparently uh, pre-veiled uh, condition in which there were not 21 cards, but just nine, no choice card 22, and not seven point nodal points or archetypes per, per cycle, meaning seven of mind, body, spirit, 21, but three meaning matrix potentiator and, and um, significator. Uh, I don't want to get into that too much in terms of reviewing 7920, but briefly, um, Ra was saying matrix of mind, which is conscious mind or consciousness, that which is that which from all comes, it's unmoving, yet it could be called activator in potentiation of all mind activity, the source of all knowing, or the mode of all-knowing being conscious, consciousness, conscious mind, then potentiator of mind, uh, they say, a great resource, which may be seen as the sea, S-E-A, the sea or ocean, into which consciousness dips ever deeper and more thoroughly in order to create, ideate, and become more self-conscious. And so that's the, the creativity of a person is in many ways a measure of the integration between the subconscious and conscious or the deep mind and the conscious mind. Creativity is um, uh, the product of interaction and harmony and uh, exchange and combined efforts of a conscious mind and a deep mind. And that leads to ideation or the fashioning of experience and also self-consciousness, meaning um, knowing thyself which is in many ways the path, because it leads to knowing all. Uh, significator, then, as a simple and unified concept, then matrix for body, matrix versus potentiator for body, is a reflection in opposites of the mind, meaning the body is in many ways um, polarized, its qualities are polarized or oppositional or opposite in a mirrored form from mind, when, in which matrix of mind is unmoving, but matrix of body is unrestricted motion, like the body always, uh, the cells always doing their thing, potentiator of body 
opposite or mirror to the potentiator of mind, the potentiator of body being, uh, in, being informed regulates activity, meaning when it comes to form or when the body activity is potentiated uh, ultimately by the deep mind or by the conscious mind seeking in the ways of balancing body in the mind, looking to the potentiator of mind for the ways of balancing body, which is how can I take care of my body better, which regulates the activity of body or brings harmony and sometimes discipline, Um, but certainly a love-wisdom balance in the use of body, which Rod talked about as the way of healing or doing initiation of body complex, uh, many ways mirrors the mind. Then we have spirit. Um, The nature of spirit is less motile, meaning it doesn't move so much, so that's similar to the conscious mind. The energies and movements of spirit are by far most profound, meaning uh, go way beyond the personal, to the transpersonal and the cosmic having more close association with time-space, and I would say more association with 4th and 5th and 6th and 7th chakras. While um, conscious mind obviously is very much um, associated with embodiment, the deep mind also more associated with time-space, but the matrix of spirit in many ways is more associated with the chakras associated with spirit, which I think are 6 and 7, where mind may be 2, 3, 4, 5, uh, higher and lower, but um, Ross said one may see the matrix of spirit as deepest darkness uh, in the sense that it's formlessness, actually, meaning the realms of the spirit complex, six density, seven density, um, are associated with um, consciousness only before the, the nature of consciousness that creates thought form or the source of thought form being consciousness itself or the ideational process, the awareness process, the awareness of being that is associated with a basis of consciousness that then fashions experience, Uh, the spirit complex is very much associated with the source of consciousness, and in my view, and is not associated with uh, motion in the sense that it's uh, somewhat outside time and space. So matrix as deepest darkness, a potentiator of spirit as sudden awakening, illuminating, and generative influence, very much like the lightning struck tower or lightning. And that's uh, awakening, all the different uh, aspects or processes associated with awakening and realization of reality beyond personality. 7921, the new material. And we may have uh, three two more classes on session 79. It's pretty long, but let's see. Don's question. The first change made then for this extension of free will, meaning associated with the veil, was to make the information or make the communication between the matrix and potentiator of mind relatively unavailable, one to the other during the incarnation. Is this correct? And Don's phrase was relatively unavailable. And Ross says, we would perhaps rather term the condition as relatively more mystery-filled than relatively unavailable. And so uh, it is mysterious or um, sort of vague how it is that one gains inspiration or becomes deeply creative in in a holistic way. 
There's neurotic-based creativity, which we see in modern media, but modern entertainment. But there's also holistic or transpersonally based uh, creativity. How it comes to be is sort of mystery-filled, and it's not true that the deep mind is unavailable. The deep mind is simply shrouded. Um, and so people say, well, who knows? How can you know? I don't know. But it can be known. Knowing, knowing can be. Knowing, um, deeper knowing, ever deeper knowing is possible. It just takes effort and, and more effort than most people want to make. And we all have our own levels of how much effort we want to make to know, to know deeply. And that's fine too. But it isn't unavailable, the deep mind and deeper knowing. 79.22, Don goes on, well, the idea then was to create some type of veil between matrix and potentiary. Is it correct? Ross said it is correct. And so, before the veil, there was matrix and potentiator in mind, but um, it, they weren't veiled. And so the veiling was between those two, although those two already existed. And so that's an important thing. <clears throat> the conscious mind being associated with the five physical senses and the intellect or the ma the sixth sense of mind the awareness of mental process um, had <clears throat> a, a deeper level available uh, the deep mind before the veil it's just that they weren't veiled and there was no curtain or shrouding uh, and what the Logoi, the Logoi found was that souls without that veil prevail um, didn't feel much motivation to seek, as if they're living in uh, paradise land, and um, felt no need to make much effort to learn, or know more, or seek knowing and seek development. The curtaining, so it's like, you know, beings don't seek unless there's some friction or some pain, and that's the value of dukkha, <laughs> for getting out of samsara, or um, the value of <clears throat> this veiling between matrix and potentiator uh, that enhanced naturally or was a very powerful catalyst for the seeking of all beings in all octaves post-veiling. So it's very deep. 7923, <clears throat> Don goes on, these two, or this veil then, occurs between what we now call the conscious and the unconscious mind. Is it correct? This is correct. Don goes on, it was probably the design of the Logos to or by doing this, to allow the conscious mind greater freedom under the first distortion by partitioning, you might say, the individualized portions of this, I guess, conscious mind, from the potentiator or unconscious, which had a greater communication with the total mind, therefore allowing for, you might say, the birth of uneducated, to use a poor term, portions of consciousness, am I in any way correct? Is this correct? This is roughly correct. <laughs> Ross said, Later, <clears throat> Don asks, uh, could you de-roughen it and elucidate a bit on that? Ross said, there's intervening material before we may do so. And uh, the intervening material is hinted at at 79.26, where Ross said, as we've said, there have been a great number of successive experiments where Don had said, this simple experiment, meaning the Logos veiling, Simple experiment was this simple experiment carried out and the product of the experiment observed before greater complexity attempted, meaning there was a, a progressive uh, sequence 
of the Logoi veiling between conscious and subconscious or potent matrix and potentiator in the in the octaves uh, over time based on what the results were uh, yes it was didn't happen it wasn't just one veil and then it was um, unaltered there was a progression or number of successive experiments or progression in the veiling in 3d mind by the logoi in the galaxies over time and don's idea was was that to allow greater mind greater freedom for the conscious mind i don't think so i think it was really um the the catalytic effect of the veiling how it how it um became a stimulant to spiritual seeking to beings in third density and then for going up uh but it's certainly uh, th- it was a limiting obviously of conscious mind communication with total mind total mind is not a bad way of saying it the deep mind is total mind or all knowing the cloud of knowable things is uh, one traditional way it's just depicted 7927 Don goes on to clarify, I was just wondering, since this seems to be the crux of the experiment, this seems to be the large breaking point between no extension of the first distortion and the extension of the first distortion, meaning law of free will, extended to the veiling, or the veiling being an extension of the law of free will. What the result of this original experiment was with respect to that which was created from it, or the consequences, what, what was the result of that? meaning the first veiling or the experiment of veiling that extension of free will um, into this particular application of the law of free will extended to third density space-time in the way of veiling between matrix and potentiator which were together before but were curtained after the veiling. Ross said this is previously covered material the result of these experiences has been a more vivid, varied, and intense experience of creator by creator. Vivid, varied, intense. The creator likes vivid, varied, and intense. And that was from session 78, question 24. And Ra explained, if we jump to that, 7824, this is a very deep um, philosophy this is teleology <laughs> the the teleology uh, of cosmo- the cosmological teleology meaning the purpose or end or me or goal teleology purpose or goal or end of cosmology or cosmo- cosmogenesis you know why was creation why is creation why is there a creation and then we can understand why is there polarity or why was this veil instituted and 7824, Ross says, the purpose of polarity is to develop the potential to do work. This is the great characteristic of those, shall we say, experiments, which have evolved since the concept of the choice, card 22, was appreciated, which is comes from the veiling. Work is done far more efficiently and with greater purity, intensity, and variety by the voluntary searching of mind-body-spirit complexes for the lessons of third and fourth densities. The action of fifth density is viewed in space-time the same with or without polarity. However, viewed in time-space, 
the, the experiences of wisdom are greatly enlarged and deepened due again to the voluntary nature of polarized mind-body-spirit action. So that's uh, an answer that gives us a lot more than the purpose of creation being, you know, the original desire that is that entities seek and become one. Okay, that's why uh, there's a creation, <laughs> so that there's an experience of entities who may be seeking, uh, who are going to seek on a path uh, before the veil, the path, and after the veil, the two paths, that um, then in with the two paths or with uh, the veil um, gives us the two paths of polarity. That is a further catalyst for potential to do work or a, an enhancement of the potential of being, seeking, and becoming one. And work is done far more efficiently with greater purity, intensity, and variety um, because of this voluntary searching for lessons of third and fourth density, which really means uh, seeking that begins in third density and goes to fourth associated with the two paths, um, associated, by the way, with a whole lot more suffering and confusion and pain and harm and conflict and trouble. The... uh, Negative path um, is a very important catalyst for being seeking uh, positive, positively oriented beings and beings that are non-polarized to get themselves polarized and go on a path, one of the two. But uh, this greater purity, intensity, and variety for us down here on the ground, certainly in this world, includes greater uh, suffering, confusion, conflict, um, and difficulty trauma catalyst didn't exist before the veil. And so we can see the difference between um, how the Logos sees the consequences of veiling and two paths and their interaction, while uh, how we see it down here on the ground is a little bit different because we feel (laughs) the trauma and the conflict and the trouble and the um, of the pain of the confusion and the opposition. Uh, between beings on two paths, and uh, the difficulty of knowing, you know, the effort needed in seeking. So, but uh, that's why we have a choice, uh, or a veiling, or two paths, or polarity, uh, by that extension of the law of free will into 3D times 3D space-time, uh, to enhance beings' potential doing work to move out of third density. <laughs> so the purpose of creation is to leave creation. Hey, hey. Something like that. That's why some yogis just laugh a lot, uh, because there is some kind of absurdist aspect to creation, frankly, where it's the one that forgot it's the one um, in suffering that is ultimately illusory and unnecessary for the purpose of uh, seeking to get out and finally getting out <laughs> to arrive at, at the position uh, outside the octave where one started. Okay. 79.28. Don says, well, I, I was aware of that. I probably didn't state the question correctly. I, previous, it's a very difficult question to state. I don't know if it's worth attempting to continue with, but what I meant was when this very first experiment with the veiling process occurred, did it result in service of self-polarization with the first experiment? Ross says, it's a very specific question, meaning, did the left-hand path arise immediately with the uh, extension of the law of free will 
uh, by the veiling um, in those in that you know octave long long ago. And Ra said the early, if we may use this term, because they're coming from time freedom from you know being outside time. The early, if we may use this term, logoi, produce service to self and service to others, mind, body, spirit complexes immediately. Um, the harvestability of these entities was not so immediate, and thus refinements of the archetypes began apace. For some reason, half of this is in brackets, and it's not clear where the brackets end, <laughs> or don't end, in this session. But there was something going on with the tape, and missing words, perhaps. So, yes, two paths... Um, um, became uh, two, two paths precipitated you, you see there really is no path there's just two ways of evolving but these two ways of evolving STS and STO began immediately but the entities weren't so harvestable meaning they didn't make any great effort or they it took a while to get out and um, both on the positive and on the negative paths or seeking with love seeking without love um, the seeking wasn't great <clears throat> with the first veiling, the first experiments. So they refined the logoi, refined the archetypes uh, to strengthen the likelihood of uh, doing work, meaning seeking, meaning moving to harvestability on the two paths. 7929. <clears throat> Here's the end of the brackets. Ron says, Now we are getting to what I was trying to determine then at this point were there still only nine archetypes and the veil had just been drawn between matrix and potentiator Ross said there were nine archetypes and many shadows <laughs> okay so there were still only matrix potentiator and significator but the other four in each cycle the twelve remaining um, were still in shadow form and not precipitated or crystallized out into a um, stable nodal archetypal position in the processing of mind body spirit, something like that. So you see, <laughs> this is so complicated. You know, this is the the history of um, the deep of the archetypal deep mind, the uh, metaphysical history of the the logoic formulation of deep mind archetypal bases in the three complexes of body mind or mind body spirit not many people really are into this into this into this study but it's useful for the brain and six chakra five six so nine thirty on goes on by shadows do you mean the what i might refer to as the birthing of small archetypical biases Ross said, rather we would describe these shadows as the inchoate thoughts of helpful, helpful structures not yet fully conceived. Hey, hey. So these are shadows in logoic mind uh, that, or, or inchoate thoughts of helpful structures uh, being the other four archetypal nodal positions in the three cycles. Uh, as yet in the mind of the Logos, but not uh, precipitated out into a more form-based appearance in third density beings, deep mind. Okay, so it's on the way. And, and that's also the way uh, creative ideation may occur, which is, first we have some sense 
It's a little bit like recalling the narrative imagery or significance of a dream I had last night but don't quite remember now. There's this sort of shadow or inchoate thought of, I have a sense I went somewhere, I have a sense I was talking to somebody, I have a sense there was something good happening, or I learned, or I had conflict. I have some sense of this. And if you brood on it, or hold it, or try to warm it, it can come into consciousness more fully and clearly. Uh, but raw, you know, is a very precise in this, so these are inchoate thoughts of helpful structures, not yet fully conceived by the Logos, <clears throat> and thus a manifest appearing in 3D space-time, deep mind, or, or the depths of, of the mind-body-spirit mind, body, complex. They hadn't existed yet. But again, all the 21 cards, 22 um, concept complexes, exist in the deep mind. So actually, knowing them or studying the tarot itself is a work of integrating matrix and potentiators of mind actually so all of this study represents raw talked about that um a, a form of potentiating mind and whether it's tarot or astrology or tree of life all these three systems for studying the deep mind or archetypical mind are ways of, of vivifying the mind complex and integrating matrix or conscious mind with the deep mind. And that's it. And that's certainly associated with fifth, fifth chakra work and linkage to all lower chakras and linkage to six. That's how I'd see it. But it can be done without this, these studies also. 7931, then at this point, the with the choice, card 22, exists at this point, Immediate, immediately during the creation of the first service-to-self polarity, is there a choice at that point, or is it a non-choice? <clears throat> Meaning, when these two ways of evolving became apparent, with the first experiments at veiling, was the choice archetype also appearing um, in the shadows, perhaps, and so it's kind of subtle. Ross said, implicit in the veiling or separation of two archetypes is the concept of choice. The refinements to this concept took many experiences. <laughs> and that's, that is uh, b blowing out <laughs> or rocketing out of Don's focus on card 22 to the whole, the basis of card 22 being the concept of choice, not capital C, but small c, meaning the existence of the experience of what we consider to be choice or choicefulness, choosing the capacity to choose being the result of um, um, cognition in the mind that the choice exists. And that's called the law of confusion. The law of free will as the law of confusion. The, uh, Ross said the crystallized entity, has, the crystallized healer has no will. It's there beyond the concept of choice. Thy will be done means um, the crystallized healer is at one with logoic, um, logoic purpose or cosmic teleology um, to support all beings and continue its own evolution, uh, going beyond conceivability and um, the perception of choice or a cognition that a choice exists. Uh, 
the crystallized healer, like higher self, is outside uh, dualistic consciousness. But when we talk about the veiling, which could be called separation of two archetypes, meaning matrix and potentiator of mind, I think, or a curtaining between them, implicit in that is um, the is a, a perception of choice or a concept of choice, perception of a concept of choice, or a differentiation of mind into perceiving a choice exists, uh, because uh, even though the matrix and potentiator existed bef- of mind, let's say, for all, but in mind, matrix and potentiator existed before the veil, but they weren't quite separated. It's just that beings um, didn't make much effort to seek um, the wholeness of the matrix being the potentiator, or to realize that the potentiator is all matricial, or is all available by seeking, but only with the veil was there sort of um, uh, irritation sufficiently to do that seeking, but there was the veiling could be called a separation, I think, of these two archetypes in in all complexes, actually, in mind, body, spirit, and all the I mean, all the cycles. So it gets super complicated. But uh, at some point along one's path, um, the experience of choice, the perception, perceptions of choice, experience of choice, one's capacity to choose, changes radically is radically transformed along the path on the way to non-duality. And so <clears throat> the prevailed condition was a little bit like the enlightened condition, but not quite. <laughs> <clears throat> William Blake, the adept, said that there are three phases to human life or evolution, innocence, experience, and higher innocence. Blake was an adept, Blake was a wanderer, and in my view... And um, innocence, like Garden of Eden, won't get to higher innocence, like higher self, without experience, This, which is really, you know, the development of all chakras and all levels of all qualities of being up from third to sixth density. That wasn't done too um, vividly <clears throat> or um, enthusiastically before the veil. Um, now it is. And yet... Um, what Blake called higher innocence, which I think is basically, you know, the condition of little children, small child that Yeshua talked about in the Gnostic scriptures and the New Testament. The little child, little children, like the sheep, uh, in a positive sense, of those that are willing to follow a righteous leader. Nothing wrong with that. Um, we, We need to learn. There are those beings far beyond us that we can learn from if we follow. Not me, but, you know, follow truth. Uh, nothing wrong with the word sheep, actually. Different than sheeple. Uh, <clears throat> uh, the higher innocence, akin to small children, little children, that phrase in the Bible, from Yeshua, is um, the transformation of innocence by experience. Innocence to experience to higher innocence. And the movement through perceptions of choice, making positive choices along the way, uh, to move out of dualism <clears throat> and then beyond even um, such a tangible experience of choice uh, to a greater freedom beyond confusion. So, Don, 
knows that he's in deep water here and said 7932 I'm sorry that I have so much I have much difficulty in asking these questions <clears throat> but we're on material that I find somewhat difficult he goes on the I find it interesting that the very first experiment of veiling matrix from the potentiator and vice versa created service to self polarity this seems to be a very important philosophical point in the development of the creation and possibly the beginning of a system of what we would call magic, not envisioned previously. Now he's trying to connect the logoic veiling with systems of magic, which is an interesting link. And he goes on, let me ask this question. <clears throat> Prior to the extension of the first distortion, was the magical potential of the higher densities as great as it is now when the greatest potential was achieved in consciousness for each density, it's confused, and he says, this is difficult to ask. What I am saying is that at the end of fourth density, not third, at the end of fourth density, prior to the extension of free will, meaning the veiling, was the magical potential, what we call magic, as great, or the ability, or the effect as great as it is now at the end of fourth density. Why he's talking about fourth density, I don't know. But Ross said, as you understand, if we may use this misnomer, magic, the magical potential in third and fourth density was then far greater than after the change. However, there was far, far less desire or will to use this potential. So we shouldn't uh, idealize the post-veil condition. In terms of magical potential, both in our third density of particularly space-time and fourth density, a magical potential was far greater before than after the change because no veiling in 3D uh, um, basically meant that the matrix had far greater access to the potentiator uh, of mind um, associated with time-space or the, the powers of mind so magic being the activity of conscious mind um, on energy fields uh, to make changes in energy consciousness, um, energy matter consciousness, the potential of the cities of conscious mind and their um, scope, uh, their potential, using the potentiator of mind particularly, was far greater before availing, of course, because um, there was no, you know, it was all available for the taking. But um, with the veiling um, comes all sorts of um, obstruction, obscuration of the potentials of mind and the nature of mind, and um, uh, it may inspire seeking, having a veil, meaning greater confusion and suffering, <laughs> and therefore a desire, a motivation to get out of it. Uh, but um, the deep mind is little, is relatively unavailable, or is not, is more mystery filled, as Ross said, not unavailable, but it's harder to get <laughs> to the powers of mind with a veiled mind, just like it is harder to get in higher in, in third density than higher densities. But likewise in fourth density, so the effect of the veiling in third density um, also changes the experience in fourth density. And so 4D before the veil, 4D after the veil are different because of the veil in 3D in space-time in mind. 
So Ross said, before the veil, there was far, far less desire or will to use the potential or to seek where consciousness goes to the, you know, seeks to know itself or uh, explore what it is, self to develop self-consciousness. And desire and will are, are synonymous, of course, as we've said, like the book, The Right Use of Will, very interesting book, The Right Use of Will, made the first connection for me personally a few decades ago that human desire, even though it may be confused and uh, downward directed to sensual desire only, or that was a part of our desires, desire equals will. Desire and will are not really fundamentally different. They're just qualities of will that come out as, as um, a quality of desire, right? Desire, physical, mental, spiritual, desire um, to continue on, de desires that are associated with continuing on one's path, desires that are associated with uh, going retrograde and degrading from our path, or degrading the mind, or degrading the self, or other. So there are skillful and unskillful desires, high and low, helpful, unhelpful, uh, holistic and fragmented. But it's all will. And so suppression of one's desires, at least mentally, is unhelpful. That's what Ra taught also. Ra said the proper role for the entity in third density is to experience all things desired, but <laughs> not hurt others and oneself. So uh, that's just useful for reflection. The, um, the, uh, the, the harmony or identity um, relations between what we call desire and its basis being will. 79.33, Don goes on, Now, let me be sure I understand you. Prior to the change and the extension of free will, let's take specifically the end of fourth density, magical potential for the condition when there was only service to others polarization, meaning that actually there was no polarity, it was just the path. Magical ability or potential was much greater at the end of fourth density than at the end of fourth density immediately after the split of polarization and the extension of free will is correct. I don't know why he's talking about the end of fourth density, but um, it's the point of pre and post veiling, magical potential in fourth density. Um, again, there was really no polarization before the veil, and I wouldn't even call it a service to other path because other and self were known as one, or self and other self as uh, identity was known before the veil, without a veil, then the two paths or polarity came after the veil. Ross said, magical ability is the ability to consciously use the so-called unconscious. Therefore, there was maximal ability prior to the innovation of sublogoi's free will. Hey, hey. So, here's a definition of magical ability, the ability to consciously use the unconscious. It's the so-called unconscious, because it's only unconscious or not conscious to the degree that the conscious mind hasn't yet sought uh, that greater union. You know, it's only unconscious because the conscious mind has not made the effort to make it conscious. So, how can I know? It's can, Nobody knows. No, friend, you don't know. Or, we don't know. What we don't know is the result of our not making sufficient or balanced effort um, to know. And all that we do know is the result of, um, you know, 
making a strong and consistent effort to know and continue knowing. So it's just not really unconscious, it's um, not yet conscious. <clears throat> and so magical ability, the ability to consciously use the unconscious is one way of saying, or magical ability uh, represents the degree of integration of conscious and unconscious, or the degree to which we have penetrated the veil, the degree to which mind is unveiled, the quality of communication between deep mind and conscious mind, or the transpersonal and the personal, or the permeability uh, of the higher chakras, the the membrane, like the diaphragm, between higher chakras, four through seven, and one through three. So the communication between spirit and mind-body, very similar to that. Or the degree to which higher chakras, higher triad, three, four, or four, five, six, seven, uh, are embodied uh, in daily life, in the conscious mind. Uh, That's all associated with magical ability. And then there's there's structured magic and um, natural magic. <clears throat> there's magic that's very um, wisdom-based, and there's magic that's love-based, um, the occultist and the mystic. But Ra said there was maximal ability um, because of no veil prior to the veil, prior to the innovation of sublogoi's free will. So that's one way of saying the <clears throat> new thing, the new invention of a solar logo, sublogoi, being the extension of the law of free will, which existed before the veil, but was not yet extended in this way into third density beingness or experience by that curtaining between matrix and potentiator, both of which existed before also. So, super complicated. 7934, okay. <clears throat> uh, at the present time, we are experiencing the effects of a more complex or greater number of archetypes, right? The three become seven. And I have guessed that the ones we are experiencing now for the mind work as follows. The, we have the magician and high priestess, which correspond to the matrix and potentiator, which have the veil drawn between them, which is the primary creator of the extension of the first distortion. Is that correct? Ra again says, we are unable to answer this query without intervening material. <clears throat> I'm not sure what is done. seems to just be giving a summary. But yes, it seems to me we have a greater number of archetypes from 9 to 22. It's more complex because <laughs> the mind-body-spirit has become complex. The significator becomes complex with the veiling. And that complexification uh, of mind-body-spirit significator uh, is what brought the other four archetypes in each of the cycles. So it is more complex. And, yeah, we can say tarot cards with their common name, Magician, High Priestess, 1 and 2, is Matrix and Potentiator with a veil. Yeah. And that veiling could be called a primary creator, or it really is the result of the extension of the Law of Free Will. I don't know why Ra didn't answer. I'm not really quite sure... What's the question? <clears throat> Don said, okay, sorry about that. 3935 goes on. <laughs> says, the next archetype, the Empress, card three, is the catalyst of the mind, that which acts upon the conscious mind to change it. The fourth being the Emperor, which is the experience of the mind, which is that material stored in the unconscious, which creates its continuing bias. 
Am I correct with those statements? Don't assume he's correct, because there's, there are some subtle mistakes here, I think. Ross said, though far too rigid in your statements, you perceive correct relationships. There is a great deal of dynamic interrelationship in these first four archetypes. Yes, indeed, that's a real understatement. <clears throat> you can say that, that the entirety, I mean, in my limited view, the entirety of human life, uh, or, or our experience of incarnation, uh, is associated with the dynamic between the first four cards, the first four archetypes. Because everything that we experience is associated with consciousness or conscious experiencing, and the quality of conscious experiencing is very much associated with uh, all the other three, <laughs> obviously, meaning um, the, res the degree to which we have resources to comprehend our life or make good use of life or catalyst depends on the interplay of matrix and potentiator. <clears throat> uh, everything that comes up in body or all sensations in body and all perceptions and uh, cognitions and consciousness aspects of mind are all called catalyst or all catalytic to what? To the conscious mind's fashioning of response, which is called experience, which is <laughs> what we're living, the life experience, right? 3D incarnation experience <clears throat> is the relation is the is the product the output the output of some degree some relative degree of potentiated matrix potentiated conscious mind handling meeting responding to catalyst that's it that's life experience that's the totality even though obviously there are higher chakras and spirit complex plays in and body we have or we experience so uh, we'll get further into this. Um, the catalyst of mind, Don says, acts upon conscious mind to change it. I would just say acts upon conscious mind. And conscious mind's response to catalyst is self-changing or mind-changing. Both. Then, emperor, experience of mind, Don said, is material stored in the unconscious which continues its which creates its continuing bias. Uh, I don't think so. I think that material stored in the unconscious is the potentiator or associated with the potentiator mind is material stored in the unconscious it, it also comes up as catalyst in mind like a memory and the continuing bias or polarization he might mean is, is the result of the conscious mind although there is polarization at a deeper level uh, the base of one's beingness the experience of mind to me is um, <clears throat> the what how the conscious mind fashions response to catalyst by choice uh, and <clears throat> creation ideation and um, thought form fashioning and decision anyway Don carries forward so you can see that, that uh, everything here was new for Don and much of it's new for me um, <clears throat> and it's difficult to break new ground continually in these super complicated, abstruse areas. And he could have, he could have, he wanted uh, quantity over quality, even though the, the session was over 40 exchanges, it could have been 140 just on any one of these complexes, on any one archetype and their relation to others. Uh, <clears throat> there was so much to say. 39, 30, 30, 79, 36. 
uh, Don goes on, would the Hierophant, the significator of mind, part five, then be somewhat of a governor or sorter of these effects so as to create the proper assimilation by the unconscious of that which comes through the conscious? So that's an interesting take on significator, governor, sorter, or organizer of the effects or the fashioned experience creating or associated with proper assimilation by the conscious of that which comes through the conscious. But no, Ra said, although thoughtful, the supposition is incorrect in its heart, meaning you're essentially wrong. That statement is essentially wrong. It's not associated with assimilation by the unconscious. And what the heart purpose or nature of Hierophant, Don jumps right back in and says, 7937, what would be the Hierophant? Ra explains the Hierophant, <coughs> card five, is the significator of the body complex? No, it's the significator of mind. And so Ra makes some mistakes on the fly for whatever reason. It's a simple one here. The Hierophant is the significator of the mind complex, its very nature. We may note that the characteristics of which you speak do have bearing upon the significator of the mind complex, but are not the heart. The heart of the mind complex is that dynamic entity which absorbs, seeks, and attempts to learn. So, now we're getting into real ontological fine points um, regarding the nature of mind. So, there's a difference between the matrix of mind and the significator. The matrix of mind Ra's calling the heart of the mind complex. Significator of mind complex, its very nature. So, the heart of the mind is the true nature of the mind the core or essential substance, essential nature, the essential heart nature of mind is, uh, you know, embodied by significator position. Same thing for body and spirit. Um, the fifth position, whether it's 12, cards 12 and 19, are significators. The very nature of mind and then body and then spirit. Um, the heart of the mind or the nature of significator or the nature of mind is a dynamic entity, <clears throat> or has a di has its own entity nature. In the Bailey material, it might be called the elemental of mind. Uh, it's um, monadic. Um, it also may be the monadic basis. Is that dynamic entity which absorbs, seeks, and attempts to learn. Absorbing and seeking and attempting to learn. Uh, that's different than the potential, the the um, matrix of mind dipping into the potentiator in order to create, ideate, and become more self-conscious. So we have the interplay of conscious mind and unconscious, or subconscious, uh, <clears throat> where the conscious mind does work of, you know, seeking, which is self-potentiation which is going into the potentiator of mind or jumping into the ocean, uh, seeking uh, in order to create, ideate, and become more self-conscious. This was uh, 7920. That's what the conscious mind does. Creates, it ideates, becomes, and thereby becomes more self-conscious. So as to feed by its response to catalyst, the significator by... Uh, self-chosen experience, which then 
uh, is associated with the, the heart of mind or the nature of mind. So the, the conscious mind is not the whole mind. And its functions are al- aligned with the heart of mind or, or the purpose of mind, but support the overall purpose of mind, <clears throat> which is not just creating, but it's absorbing, seeking, and attempting to learn however, in, ma- in whatever way. So there's absorption, seeking, and, and attempting to learn. We can say that attempting to learn is seeking. We can say that absorbing is seeking. We can say that uh, uh, this whole heart of mind, significator, true purpose and work of mind um, includes but is not limited to the work of the conscious mind, which you know, creates, ideates, uh, and also learns it seems, but the thought form creational aspect, the the ideation, creation, thought form production of conscious mind feeds the greater development of mind, which need not be linear, not not need not be ideational or conceptual. Uh, it's basically the growth of mind, the mind being, the heart of mind is enriched by the conscious mind that is seeking its potentiation um, and therefore meeting catalyst with more um, balanced response or experience. So, <clears throat> uh, it's pretty complicated, but the significator position is the very heart or nature of each of the cycles, mind-body-spirit, and <clears throat> the heart of the mind complex, and we'll see this when we get to cards uh, 12 and 19, what's the heart of body, what's the heart of spirit. <clears throat> For mind, <clears throat> it's a dynamic entity, so it has a beingness of itself, of its own. And that may be associated with what in theosophy is called the mental elemental. But it, it there's absorption, there's seeking and attempting to learn, and that's um, that's what differentiates the wise from the foolish, or from the knower and the ignorant, or the one that knows a lot, or what we know well from what we don't know well, which is the degree to which we're seeking. And by seeking, come to absorb um, knowing, or the, the fruit of knowing being experience, <clears throat> and thereby learning and developing. So the, the curious mind is the soul that grows, and the dull mind that doesn't create an ideate too well, um, doesn't seek much, and isn't learning much, because it's not making effort or attempting much. So, curiosity of mind is important, but uh, the proper weighting of information is also important, meaning some information or some, some directions of seeking are less beneficial than other directions of seeking. And some information is critical to our evolution, and some information, or a lot, is transient and not important. There's a difference between right speech and trivial talk, or wrong speech, associated with focus on triviality in Buddhism. So, it's all very subtle going on. We won't finish this session today. Next time we might have a short session and talk about world events. 79.38, then is the Hierophant that the link, you might say, between mind and the body. That's another matter. Uh, Ra said, there is a strong relationship between the significators of mind, body, and spirit. Your statement is too broad. So Don, Ra's getting t- tough on Don here. 
because um, this is advanced material and um, Ra is sort of expecting or required specificity of Don's questions and formulation and um, his um, clarity, the, the quality of his clarity some, we have some loud birds. How about that? It's uh, the spring mating season, so they're uh, <laughs> certainly better than the buzzsaw. All right, guys. So, um, the Hierophant is not only a link between mind and body. <clears throat> the Hierophant position, or the true nature of mind, body, and spirit each complex or each cycle um, are, uh, I mean, ultimately, <laughs> it's all higher self or the, the, the essential heart of mind and heart of body and heart of spirit complexes or cycles um, is one, is at one in the higher self. And that's why Ra said there's a strong relationship between significators. So we're getting really a little, you can get confused on terminology and uh, imagine that our labeling represents real things. Like there's a sense of self which could be labeled ego, but the ego is not a metaphysical reality. Likewise, there is a source of evil higher dimensionally, which can be personified to the notion of a Satan or Lucifer. But in my view, there is no Satan and there is no Lucifer although there surely is God and angels, but there is no guy. Now, there may be a, an Orion general who calls himself such, but that's different. Uh, but, uh, so, so we have to be careful that we don't reify to take concepts as things. So, ultimately, what we're calling significator of mind and body and spirit is, um, I would say, probably the the central petal of the sixth chakra hey hey or the integration of the three petals of the th of third eye or sixth chakra in in some traditions the uh, sixth chakra and Ra talks about that has three petals or three aspects and those are body mind spirit i think and um it's ultimately one uh, field um of conscious light or um, energy sentience of higher self that we're calling or dividing into the three uh, archetypal positions of body, mind, spirit as significator. So we should not get tripped up on, on our definitional process and imagine that um, there's, you know, up in the sky or, or in my belly or something, these significators... Um, these are just words for phases of uh, energy sentient process, energy sentient sentient energy process, associated with with uh, you know the thread coming from higher self. Seventy nine thirty nine. Actually, uh, oh yeah yeah, it just goes on and on. We may have to just end um, the discussion of the tarot, uh, of, of session 79 here in the middle of um, the sequence uh, of the archetypes of mind. So we've discussed cards one through five. We ended here on the Hierophant, the significator of mind. 
Uh, after that, next time we will not rush this session, but uh, complete, complete it, conclude it next time, starting at uh, question 7939, going to the lovers, which I believe is card 6, and then um, card 7. So we're talking about the tarot card name and the uh, archetypal position. So transformation of mind, then great way of mind, card six called the lovers, card seven called um, the charioteer, uh, sorry, yeah, the hierophant five, or, or card seven, the great way of mind, uh, the charioteer or chariot, we're going to look at those um, two archetypes next time, uh, starting at 79.39, and we can do a little review maybe of um, cards 1 through 5, but mm, the series in mind is really important, and uh, it's pretty clear to me the, the sequence from 1 through 5, and uh, the other, <laughs> all of the rest of it is a little less clear to me, but, uh, you know, I'll do my best and learn along the way. Um, but don't think that there's something in the body or in the brain or some place in the energy fields, the seven-dimensional energy fields, some place with these names attached to, uh, you know, a subset of energy field activity. They're not naughties with the name... Um, you know, matrix, potentiator, catalyst, experience. These are really <clears throat> um, uh, pictorially, uh, imagistically depicted into 22 cards to row the essential phases of um, fashioning um, experience or development of my body spirit in 3D physical life from the perspective of our logos and they are um, phases of the transformation process of mind and body and spirit and so mind body and spirit all have the seven the same seven phases nodal point phase sequence or the same nodal points along the transformation sequence which are the positions you know one through seven uh, in each of the cycles mind body spirit but there isn't something somewhere with the name on it even the name matrix or potentiator such as we we're also talking about the seven chakras and seven energy fields associated with seven chakras <laughs> so uh, it's not a one-to-one -one that the seven nodal points uh, of the transformation sequence are associated with one or another of the chakras, a one-to-seven one to correspondence. That's kind of rough. It's not exact, actually. But, but there is a connection. And so the seven phases of energy from red to violet, the seven phases of transformation of my body-spirit, uh, and the study of that 
is a development of mind uh, that can obviously lead to improved conditions of body and spirit too uh, as the greater as a phase of the adept work in third density mm, but again there are other ways to do this but the study is helpful so that'll be it for today next time we'll pick up 79 39 go into card 6 uh, the lovers which is transformation of mind and complete 79 going into um, Great Way of Mind, uh, Charioteer, and um, do a recap of the seven uh, nodal points in mind transformation, the seven, the first seven archetypes. So thank you for being here today. I hope it was helpful, and uh, please take good care of yourselves. See you next time, and good night.